Welcome to episode 440 and 1 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. <sighs> Again, we'll be collecting bets at the end of the show, but uh, right now, I'm going to tell you, the groundhog is not saying his shadow as Russell John the Fisherman is not wearing his patented scary hat. Hi, everybody. What's up, Dave? Not much. Too, is it? Uh, are we going back in the too hot for hat? Oh, Hashtag no, too hot I don't for know. hat. I'm just kind of over it. Over? Oh, whoa! <laughs> not only, not only is Russell John the fisherman not wearing hat. a hat. Clark's wearing a hat, but Randy Michael Stat no hat. Correct. I was wearing a beanie a couple hours ago when we started our uh, other episode, but I, it got too hot, so I took it off. Yeah, dude, like the beanie in July, like who is that bit for? You know what I mean? Like, what are we doing? Just, you know, just really uh, going into the Wes Anderson hipster part of my uh, personality. I guess so, because Randy, there, there's a heat wave sweeping the country. Uh, wh- what is the temperature in Atlanta, Georgia currently? You're wearing this beanie nonsense. Yeah, it's like 95 outside right now. But my thing that I like to do in my house that has pretty good <laughs> central air conditioning I like to turn on the AC um, high enough that it feels good inside enough to put on a hoodie and or a beanie. <laughs> okay. So you're, you're freely roaming the, the halls and cor- the corridors and, and rooms of your home, as you should. A man who uh-huh. has purchased his own home. You want to get your AC level to a certain point to where you can wear a hoodie. Yeah, it's a light hoodie. Home. You put the hood on? No, not usually. Just I need like a uh, a second layer is comforting, you know. It could be like a a loose like button up shirt or something that is unbuttoned, just something to cover the uh, the arm sleeves. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> to join us in this, and maybe maybe she can understand what he's saying over there from uh, from the booth, <laughs> Oksana Valerian of Osachi. I immediately thought of that, uh, Gavin Newsom. Of course, image. You did. <laughs> what image? You mean your boss? He's like in a jacket telling people to turn their thermostats down because California is burning up or whatever. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Our future president, by the way. One could only hope. I know that uh, American <laughs> Psycho. But like, who would be great? Patrick Bateman. Patrick, run Bateman. him. He would be good. He's Man, a oh born my. politician. I mean, he has the hair of a villain. <laughs> His hair. I mean, it's it's perfect, yeah. but it's it's evil. There are evil undertones to that haircut, <laughs> which is why he would be perfect for sure. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, handsome man, and well manicured. All the red flags, <laughs> all the red flags are being thrown out. Yeah. Well, we wish him well and his uh, demon aunt, Nancy Pelosi. Did <laughs> <laughs> I ever tell you we have a buddy who uh, works with the Power Exchange a lot? If you know what that is, you know. And uh, was that the uh, powerlifting Bible? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, they mentioned that Newsom is a regular. Wait, oh, is this a gay bar or something? No, it's the power exchange. You don't know what that is? No. Google it after the show. Because for right now. I want to play games right now, dude. Just (laughs) tell me. No, it's better. I can't just fucking, I can't take you on the walk to the punchline. Randy, what's the power exchange? Don't ask Randy. He knows. All the otters know what that is. <laughs> That's why I asked the question I asked. 
it's the type of establishment where if you show up wearing a towel, you get in cheaper. If you show up with a girl, you get in for free. Like, Leave it at that. A Turkish bath. Because right now I do want to, I teased Clark a little bit and I said I was a little bit nervous about doing this show. You've never teased me. Ever. Because <laughs> I, I know I'm going to make my mom mad. But I, you know, here's the thing. And I don't want to be a part of that. Here's the thing. It's an intervention. We have, we have to, we, she needs our help. And, you know, a lot of the time my dad is the butt of the joke here because, I mean, it's, he's funny. What can, what can I say? Uh, it writes itself. My mom, though, she's very kind, soft-spoken, very helpful. It, not often does she uh, turn into a tyrant on the internet. But it has happened and I have proof. And me and my sister were talking about, we're like, what is, we got to do something. So I think I've mentioned this briefly on here before. But uh, our boy Jerry Seinfeld discovered a uh, rising star on YouTube. And she went, she had the YouTube channel Miranda Sings. And uh, oh my goodness. he took her under his wing and got her a Netflix show. And Seinfeld did that? Yeah. He like toured her around and got her on Netflix. He loved her. I guess one of his kids was a big fan, as was my sister. She loved, and it's kind of like cringe humor. It's, uh, yeah. So, you know, the, the person, um, Colleen, she is a pretty girl who's very talented singer, but her brand was like, almost like she's been hit in the head too many times and now has like a learning disability. Yeah. And she puts her lipstick on weird and, and it was fine. It's just too much. Mega popular. Yeah. Uh, well, if you're, I know Randy probably doesn't know about this, but if you're in the YouTube scene, you know that she, as uh, my sister would say, is being mega canceled. Uh, apparently, a lot of Discord conversations came out, and people are accusing her of grooming her young fans, which yeah. she has a lot. Uh, a lot of inappropriate jokes. One um, she would do on stage as she did tours all over the country and would have a little boy. It was called the banana prank or something, and they would reach into her pants and pull out a banana. Uh, this is all fine. Uh, people who worked with her on her Netflix show said she was a racist. I believe she did a Beyonce number in blackface at one point. It's whatever, whatever, you know, it's all, you it's, know. All, it's, it's all good under the sun or something. I don't know. You never know these people. She's probably got a bunch of trauma. I don't care either way, but I thought it was funny when it finally caught onto my radar because she has what is considered to be the most um, inappropriate apology video ever. Uh, like this happens to a lot of people, unfortunately. And, some of them are so like delusional and in their own like echo chamber that they just can't admit like, yeah, I'm a pedophile. This happens all the time on there. She, Cause they can't associate. No. And her video, uh, would see her taking up a ukulele and making a song about how people trying to cancel her are just haters and they're chasing clout at her demise. Uh, Strong path. Now here's the thing. The internet, you know, they do kind of forgive. I think we forgave Logan Paul too quick the crypto zoo which is still like he's not paid anybody back well that's for that. because we know <laughs> that he is a world-class entrepreneur and not everyone's gonna hit dude but with that guy he's gonna get us there yeah we clark, have to put our faith in clark is wearing a prime shirt right now so i, I should have known i was walking right into that. i would have bought a prime <laughs> this morning on my walk had it not been all sold out oh my god you should look up videos of the nutrition in those things I called them um, salt water at one point, and Terrell got very mad at me. He's a prime fan. It's it is, they are salty. 
well, yeah. It's coconut I, water. Um, watch uh, More Plates, More Dates. He did a great breakdown on them. More Plates, Gatorade. More Dates. Yeah, it's a YouTube channel. Anyway, so in YouTube, uh, this Colleen, uh, dude, so her playing the ukulele, somebody turned it into a Guitar Hero song Love that it. you can play. Like this, the internet is just like you, you're being accused of real shit. But so when the internet gives, the internet gives. They and that's do. That's nice. And, and it's like, even if you didn't do it, you should come out and seriously be like, hey, I didn't do this. The problem is there's videos, there's screenshots, there's a lot that eh, it's not looking good for her. So my sister, who's a huge fan, I'm like, what's up with her? And she's like, oh, she's getting mega canceled. And yeah, my sister's kind of like, yeah, she probably did it. Is there a difference between mega canceled and hella canceled? Uh, I think mega canceled <laughs> might be more serious. Oh, <laughs> Hella canceled kind of like it's a hot thing right now, but maybe you won't lose your house. Damn. Yeah. So she's mega canceled. And uh, I was trying to watch this video. We were picking up our, our boy from my mom's house and I was going to put on YouTube. I'm like, mom, what did, did you see this girl Megan loved? She's getting canceled. She was like, oh, yeah, the haters are trying to take her down. And I'm like, what? And she was just like, don't put on those videos. And I'm like, wait, what? And she was like, it's not fair what they're doing to her. And I'm like, whoa, dude, this is weird. I'm like, what, what did they do? And she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, why are you so mad about it? She's like, I don't like people coming for her. And I'm like, well, what did, did you, is it true? And she was just like, no. And I'm like, well, let's throw in a video. Like, maybe it is. And I was looking, I was searching on YouTube and she was like, do not put that on. Take that off. It's not fair what's being done. To, and I'm just like, this is weird. So I asked Megan about it. I'm like, dude, what is mom freaking out about? And she's like, I think she's defensive because I liked her a lot. Like, I think my, my sister has seen her live before yeah. out here. So I think my mom is getting Did she like, play the banana game? No, she did. unfortunately, she was not called on stage to play the banana game. Actually, I think it's only the boys that get called up for that, which yeah. is part of the, <laughs> yeah, which is part of the yeah. problem. Yeah. So. You know, I thought this was funny and weird. And my mom was like deadly serious about this. So I'm like, okay. I mean, honestly, I feel like we should probably like hear what people are saying. I'm like, but that, that video is cringy. She's like that song. I liked it. She was telling them that she was calling them out for being haters. And I'm like, all right, I'll leave it alone. <laughs> so Ooh, uh, boy. I got a text yesterday from a, uh, from my, my lovely sister, Megan. Also, I just want to say, if my mom ever said the word hater, <laughs> I don't know how I'll be able to process that. Again, my parents are children, which is why I'm so youthful in my old age. But, uh, you know, there's pros and cons to everything. So I got a text uh, from Megan who said, oh, my God, capital letters. Mom is getting into fights online defending Colleen. Oh, no. And I said, that's hilarious. Take screenshots. <laughs> The only answer. You so then, get. so then she took screenshots and sent them to me. Uh, so somebody was saying like, Hey, Colleen, is this funny to you? Since you based a character on your Netflix series around taking fibromyalgia is laying in a hospital bed, trying to rehab muscles and nerves, throwing up from exhaustion, whatever. There's a long paragraph. My mom answered it very succinctly saying, Go F yourself. You are obviously trying to capture fame on her downfall with the middle finger emoji. Lori's <laughs> like, coming in again. Hot. Here's the thing. At first, I thought this was Twitter. I think it's threads. <laughs> what it's a, just, even it's what even lamer. So then, you know, here's the other thing. There are a bunch of people commenting 
they're reacting to my mom. And then, so, you know, here's so my mom said, I love Colleen and I don't believe the rumors. <laughs> and somebody said, babes, they aren't rumors. This is literally so much proof. I know it's hard, but Colleen doesn't care about her fans at all. It's just money. And then I think that's getting into a little bit of her vlogs have her children in it. And people don't like that because they're saying they're like, you're capitalizing on your kids. But if you're doing a vlog from your home and your mom, how would they not be? Yeah, there's always. So whatever. Um, And then, uh, you know, people are just like, why? Why not? Uh, There's little proof. Somebody's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? There's proof. So this like there are comments. Like, my mom is spawning more conversation and just being like... Yes, because, well, based upon what you've just said. <laughs> now, again, um, I have... I have, I don't know if I've publicly stated this, but uh, I'll go ahead and publicly state it now, because um, I'm... Uh, I'm hesitant to say I'm coming at the defense of Lauren. Okay. <laughs> but, I, but I... Here's... Let me, let me continue. So I, I have a ghost account. I know you do. On Twitter. How healthy is that? Uh, that I use for sports purposes only. Now, sim- I, I relate to what's happening with Lori mm-hmm. because she's, she's you know, defending <laughs> a person that, you know, she cares. There's, there's a reason for her to defend yeah. on the internet against the haters. <laughs> and I understand this because I have come from, a, a, you know, a different circumstances, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, I have not rooted for a female pedophile, but <laughs> I have rooted for an underachieving uh, Division One football program mm-hmm. uh, that is underfunded as well. Thank you very much. To the top. So I understand that. And I was, that's why I was like, oh, she's coming in hot <laughs> immediately. So I, I've been in these fights. All right. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been where, you know, you got people coming from all sides. All right. It's very difficult if you don't have support in there. It sounds like that she is being oh, attacked yeah. and it's, she doesn't have, that's the thing is like, you've got to find a group. Yeah. Exactly. You got to find a team. Mm-hmm. It's a team. It's a team atmosphere. So you, you pick your spots, Lori, you got to be smart about this <laughs> and also figure out what you want to do. What is your purpose? My purpose is to entertain. But secondly, my also my other purpose is to embarrass the stupid. Yeah, I enjoy that. I I think she's acting like a cornered animal, though. That's a like thing. it's fight or flight. That's and- the wrong approach. You got there has to be a, a end game. No, here. I like what you're saying. You find a group on there. Just find the people who think exactly like you. Just people who would never argue with any of your crazy ideas. And then you know, as the community starts to become bigger and bigger, form events. Like you know, go to go to local uh, rallies. Like form political parties. Yeah. Overthrow the January seventh, and break her out of jail when she gets arrested. Um, just Lane, man, I I just I couldn't. I think um, like ideology is just a thing, and like when you start not listening to reason and just decide I want this to be true, I'm going to triple down on it. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, you know, and I, I mean this, at least it's not politically related. It's just a dumb oh, YouTube celebrity. Like, I'll tell you, God, because I, I, I'm, I'm probably living that life and I don't even know it <laughs> with, know. with mine. Yeah. So the less I know about that, the better, uh, the, the few, yeah. So I, I get it. But that if, if you talk to her about, tell her, that's what I said. 
Because I've been in these, I've yeah. been in these trenches. I know. Tell her to take a, a different approach with it, where she's not getting attacked all the time. You know, I feel like sports are a little bit more defendable though, because you have like you know maybe hometown pride or something, and or you went. It's like your alma mater, right? Yeah, uh, for sure. But uh, with a YouTube celebrity, especially one with like a lot of evidence of the contrary, yes, I feel like she's out on an island on her own for sure. But and that's what so, that's what I'm saying. It's like do your research. Find the people that are defending and then see what they're how they're doing this. Or just don't use your real account. <laughs> also that. What the hell? Man. Also that. So the company I formerly worked for, um, we had a group meeting and uh it was small, so whatever, and they had their accountant in there. And this lady, she just wanted to talk, and I don't know why she was talking to me. But she told me she's got two Twitter accounts. And she's like, you know, one for politics and one for everything else. And I'm like, oh, God, I could see that old lady being vicious online, too. And that's the thing, man. It's like because with my with my uh, ghost account, all the people that I follow are sports. Yeah. But then the way that Twitter's constructed is that, you know, you end up following or reading the people they follow and the things that they yeah. do. Yeah. And so a lot of, you know, conservative <laughs> uh, things start popping up. And so, like, half the time, it's just me like, you know, do not recommend this to me. Do not recommend. I'm trying to get it out because I just wanted to keep everything pure. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, my objective, <laughs> you know? I mean, it sounds like your ideals might align with some of the people that you're, uh, you're blocking. No, I just want sports on there, man. And the occasional, <laughs> you know, fight video. Dude. But even those have become political. You know, it's funny. Can't even enjoy a fight video without picking blue or red anymore. I No, you can. Uh, I watch a bunch of completely partisan. Wait, partisan would mean bipartisan, bipartisan fight videos. Yeah. Uh, Oksana called me out. I think we went to bed at like 2 a.m. and I was on my phone. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like watching fight videos. Have you seen that hot woman who yelled at the person on the plane? That oh, said, the one that's all over the Internet? Also, but no one has been able to identify that woman. I think she did an interview. You're talking about the girl who was like, I'm not sitting on this plane. No, she said that, that guy's not real. Yeah, that motherfucker's not real. Yeah. The, 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 a few days ago, uh, everyone, that's the big thing, is that she has not been able to be. No one has identified her. Well, the reptilians got to her. No, she's the reptilian. That's, oh. that's the theory, is that she's not real. Bum, 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 Shyamalan. We've been shyamalan Oh, so then why would the reptilians do that? Because that's what's was programmed, dude. <laughs> okay, so you're going, we're in the simulation, old school Elon. 100% we're in the simulation. No, I'm going, it's a... As uh, certain as I am talking to you right now, we're in the simulation. Do you know why? Why? Because I call it the Clint Howard theory. Oh, he's like the Mandela Clint, effect. I, without question. Yeah. Clint Howard died. Dude. And now he's fine. Well, Clint Howard died. That's a, I buy that because I thought he died multiple times. Clint Howard was dead. I remember reading, I was at his funeral. <laughs> Dude, I think he was at Sinister Creature Con like a month ago. But I just too. heard him on Leonard. Oh, he was. And yeah. I heard him on Leonard Malton. He was in that terrible Western with Nicolas Cage that I kind of want to see now. Wait, what? Yeah, they were in a low-budget Western together. Oh, uh, the old way? The old way. I've oh. Just been told. I haven't seen that. Also, we probably got a screener. That's that's <laughs> not the one that um, an actor killed somebody on, right? 
What was that? Oh my called? god, that's Alec Baldwin. Oh, that was Rust. And it's ancient history. Okay, he's doing well. I know he's doing fine. Oh, speaking of actors that I don't like, um, yeah, I saw Mark Maron in a thing that I didn't talk about on here. Oh, and I meant to. I, you know, this is something I wouldn't normally bring up on the show. He's a good actor. Yeah, uh, Terrell and Oksana ended up like binge watching the horror of Dolores Roach, the Hulu show. And he's I was, in that. I was not into it. Uh, he shows up in like episode two. Is he good? I don't know. I only heard about it after the fact. Oxana, is he good? Yeah, he's good in that. Yeah. I fucking hate Mark Marin. I love Marin. Uh, Thankfully, but to be fair, his character is a piece of shit. Yeah, well, he was playing himself. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah, I think he gets murdered. So I am bummed that I missed Ooh. out on that. I don't think I've ever seen him get murdered. Oh, no. I think he's playing his own worst nightmare, which is like a white landlord. How was the Dolores Roach show? It's if you're into like shit like weeds. Oh, that's what it is. Oh, so they're doing a little bit of a Sweeney Todd thing. We're uh-huh. up top. There's a play that we uh, this is where the show starts and it's about a cannibal. And then as the lead actress goes into the back room and people are congratulating her, uh, the actual cannibal shows up. And said, you told my story wrong. Now you're going to listen to me monologue uh, eight episodes of a TV show. Oh, okay. And then cut to like weeds where every episode is like, how are we going to get away with it? Things are spiraling out of control. There was also a lot of fucking in weeds. There's a uh, very interesting ejaculation in the show. I'm in. <laughs> also with mangled genitalia. Even better. Yeah. I think I may be overselling it. Digital them. or practical? Also, uh, I called them pupusas. I was wrong. What is the the restaurant they're in? Empanada. Uh, Empanada. And uh, I believe there was a guava. What was the other thing? I don't like guava. Meat empanada. But this is the theme. Like the, the restaurant is failing because they're doing terrible fusion. So time to mix it up a little bit. Maybe, you know, a good way to cover up a murder. Interesting. Yeah. Feed people people. You like guava? Uh, I like guava drinks sometimes, although now thinking about it, I feel like I would reject it. Guava drink? What are you, a Grace papaya? <laughs> what? It's not <laughs> nice. real. I'm, I'm talking about some canned shit with, you know, 0% juice. Do you realize that was Cindy Lauper in it, too? What? She, she was in that show. Cindy Lauper? Would she play a cadaver? <laughs> yeah. Hey, she looks good. <laughs> I thought she was dead, too, yeah. She's the... Uh, Private investigator, or whatever. Oh, she hey, she did a good job. How? Shout out to Cindy Lauper. I like her. I thought she died too. Yeah, Clint Howard did die though. There's a difference. A hundred percent. There's no question we're in the simulation. Sorry, I forgot to turn that fan back on. Oh, is that what you're going to do? Thank you. It is hot. If we had central air, uh, we could freeze ourselves like Randy. Put in a fog machine, make it feel like you're back in the Bay Area. <laughs> Always. Put a fog machine, it's like you're in a Bava movie. <laughs> With some colored lights, we do have those. Yeah, dude, we could pull that off. We have, there is a jug, Randy, there's a giant jug in our garage with a sticker on it. The only thing on that sticker has, it has two words, fog juice. <laughs> <laughs> we have a giant jug of fog juice in this we house. We do. And if you want to see it in action, go check out Spooky Blu-ray Tuesday. I believe the last one we had a, we had the most ghetto micro budget rig for, for fog. It was fun. Yeah, there were copious amounts of fog came out. Yeah, the fucking fire alarm kept. It was going like Dale City in here, something. 
or you on the porch. Hell, <laughs> I wish we had a porch. I know. It's a poor man's porch. That's what we got out there. <laughs> you and your three lawn chairs. I got two. <laughs> yeah, but they're nice. It, it looks like there's a party out there. People are like, oh, you hang out, oh. out here? It's like, no. Oh, there's a party. <laughs> but no one is invited. <laughs> but daddy. All right. We should uh, start the show officially. It is uh, July... 16th it's sunday at 1 30 when we started recording and clint howard is dead without question so whoever that that motherfucker's <laughs> not real <laughs> who was in the western with nick cage that's all i'm saying we throw it over to atlanta georgia with randy michael stat who is uh listeners uh you may or may not be aware of this but randy used to be broadcasting from his kitchen area he's now been broadcasting from one of his uh, many guest bedrooms in his palatial estate. Uh, he is currently wearing a Doughboys podcast shirt that says "Vanilla is a flavor." Hell yeah, Randy Michael Stapp. Yeah, that's me. I might end up switching back again because this room is a room that notoriously does not get very good air conditioning. So I might have to move back. Now, Randy, do you think that is an airflow issue? Do you think that is maybe a sunlight issue? What What's going on with that room? little bit of both i think there's only one vent in here and then yeah it's, it gets a lot of sun but uh yeah, right. you know we do what we can yep. you got you got vents in the floor vents in the ceiling just a floor and i like a floor vent yeah i'm i i like a good floor vent you don't see you know it makes more sense i like a nice floor vent russell you have any viewpoints on floor vents no i you know again i've only lived out here my whole life so yeah, I you know when you bitch about it being hot and people are like, like yesterday when we were playing D and D, a motherfucker drove out here from his location where it was a hundred and two or something. Yeah, and I'm complaining about was he Modesto or something. No, it's up north, inland somewhere. I don't. Where the fuck does he? Inland drive Empire. Yeah, Randy's yeah, favorite know. movie. Randy, <laughs> how many times have you seen Inland Empire? Like three or four, probably. Good yeah. God. I think I've seen it too. I think I limped to one. You saw it in a theater, didn't you? No, oh. I saw it on uh D. Randy, did you see it in theater? Yeah, that's the most recent time I saw it. The plaza played it. For Easter, right? Uh I don't know. I don't think no. so. Maybe. No, it was Easter. Yeah. It was a good Christian movie. Yeah, the bunnies. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. why. Yeah, we made it we made the joke. Good D- times on this. You show. know, I was shocked. I uh I do the terrible thing that I'm sure we all have friends who send you like a fucking reel or like a short video. And then you know, you have that one friend, they send you eight and you're like, dude, I'm at a place where I can't listen to audio right yeah. now. But I was happy when I sent you one that took place in a mega church and it felt like you hadn't seen it before. Oh yeah. Where the dude shoots the Easter bunny. He's like, dude. no more bunny in Easter. <laughs> and then Santa Claus shows yeah, up. He shoots, he shoots Santa Claus. <laughs> Uh, I, I do. If you got any weird church videos, please send them. I, I do enjoy those. Quite Except a lot. the problem is you've seen them all, which is why I was very happy. There's when you some had, good ones. Yeah. The one, the, you know, like the metal drummer. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, there's another one I'll show you that, uh, they got a nice little tune. It's good. All right, Randy, Michael, what else? What you got? Yeah. I watched a, uh, I actually watched two films on a streaming service that we sometimes have a uh, sound effect for called movie.com. 
Mm. Almost. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, the first one uh, that I'm going to talk about is called Inspector Ike. It's from 2020, directed by Graham Mason. Uh, it's definitely a comedy, sort of like absurdist comedy thing with a lot of uh, very funny people in it. Uh, John Early's in it. Uh, the guy who plays Inspector Ike, uh, he actually goes by Ike. Uh, his name is very hard to pronounce um, otherwise, but apparently he actually goes by Ike. Um, so I think maybe this is like a, a character thing that he's done for a while. Um, Aparna Nancharla's in it, uh, who pops up in a lot of uh, comedy stuff and a lot of uh, other people that I hadn't recognized, but a lot of very funny uh, people in here. It is a very dry sense of humor. Um, throughout the the movie, but uh, essentially it is a it's eighty four minutes long, and essentially the movie presents itself as a sort of like a seventies, uh, like you know, inspector murder mystery sort of uh cop show. It's like a lost television uh show. So essentially, when the movie starts, you see these very seventies credits with like quick zooms and sort of like um like freeze frames of him like arresting his previous people, like from previous episodes. And it's just like done very like cheesy and kind of goofy. And then also in the beginning credits, uh, there's apparently a thing in the show where uh, they take time to like do a a food recipe. So it says like, get your recipe cards ready. And it says like today's uh, food item is chili. And so there's like a lot of like, there's several scenes where they eat chili. And then there's a scene where like, literally Ike goes into um, a person's house and he like, literally goes through a, I don't know, five minute scene of him cooking chili. Um, shows you how to, uh, it says pull your recipe cards out like when he gets to that scene. <laughs> it's very funny. It's very goofy. Does he um, use beans or no beans? He does use beans. Fuck Ike. <laughs> Continue. But uh, yeah, essentially what the plot of this uh, lost TV show that we're watching is that there is, uh, takes place in New York. Um, sort of around the avant-garde theater uh, sort of area in Manhattan. And essentially, John Early is this, like, very renowned actor. And the other character, Harry, played by Matt Barrett, is his understudy. Um, And one day, Matt and his girlfriend, Jan, go to see this uh, experimental, you know, black box theater type of uh, show, which is an eight hour show. It's literally about a, like a work day. And um, the work day is literally like a, a pizzeria. Like just this guy, like answering phones and like eating pizza and like. Comet? Uh, yeah. And this is where um, Stavros Halkius appears too. He is a yeah. uh, employee at this, uh, this, you know, made up pizza shop. Uh, but since the play is so long and the girlfriend is very not into it, she falls asleep during it. And um, while she is asleep, uh, Matt goes to a adjacent theater and kills John Early's character. Um, because he is, you know, the, the one that is getting all the roles and, you know, respect and stuff in the area. So as his understudy, he will then uh, take his, uh, you know, his roles for the plays that he's got, got coming up. Um, and then essentially, yeah, it's just like a goofy murder mystery from there. Like, you know, there's not really twists or anything like, you know, who did it uh, and stuff. But just the way that they play with sort of tropes um, of sort of like these like 70s sort of like cop shows, sort of like made for TV uh, type of things are it's, it's very funny. It's um, 
shot in a, I mean, it looks like very clean and nice. It doesn't look like, you know, kind of a seventies cinematography, but, um, I don't, I, I really dug it. It's, it's goofy. It's very deadpan, uh, very dry. There's literally a scene where, um, they're having a conversation at the inspector Ike is somewhere and someone says like, Oh yeah, here it's nice in, uh, enter, you know, city at this time of year, just sort of like a, a throwaway sort of conversation. Cause I think someone may have left town. And then, uh, the two detect, uh, two of the deputies, uh, played by Anna Fabriga and, um, Anthony Oberbeck. Uh, they're very funny and they just have like this very long conversation about how I was actually in blank. It's like, this is the uh, bad time of year to go. You should actually go in July because it's like not rainy then. And it's very funny if you really like dry sort of humor and jokes that maybe go on a little too long. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. What was that? Um, I feel bad, but we've been doing this show too long. What was that uh, faux doc about the cop training video? Oh, uh, yeah. What was that called? Because looking at IMDb, it f- I feel like it's almost the exact kind of vibe, which I am totally yeah. into. I can get that. Yeah. What the, what the hell is the name of that movie? I forget. I don't know really. I can't. We have to wait, search either. Dude, right? It's dude. I've been trying to Google it this whole fucking time. I was about to pull up our fucking show and just kind of like scrub through it. Oxon, if you can yeah. find that, just cut us off at whatever point, because we got to I feel like that movie was so good and I never heard anybody cover it or anything. And it's like we need that John Waters butt boy bump for them because I'm hey, Randy, this shit survival skills. Sur- thank you. God, I could not uh, yeah, remember yeah. that fucking name. But damn, dude, like hearing you talk about it and then. Just Randy, the- cut that where it we get the name immediately. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, make it. Yeah, dude. I um, I hella want to watch it. Is the only way to watch it on movie? I don't know. I haven't really looked elsewhere. I just saw it on there, and it's been in my uh my queue to watch for a while. So finally pulled the trigger, so to speak. Has it been in your uh, meet queue? It's been in my queue anon. Oh, very right, nice. You right. got one? All, all the fucking keywords here to get it. We're going to get Dave O'Shade in a minute, and our YouTube is going to be gone. Don't, don't be teasing our Thursday episode, dude. Oh, that's right. We recorded it. No, that's the normal way. That's my bad. I apologize. Idiot. <laughs> yeah, but dude, Randy, I hella want to watch this. That cooking bit of the yeah. like pull out the, you know, that's what you need is like the, the my, again, I know I keep beating this dead horse, but WNUF Halloween special the first time. The thing that got me was that they didn't triple down on that fucking commercial in the first WNUF, because what we're watching is a recorded broadcast from TV. A commercial plays three times the same commercial, which is death to a movie you're making. But it really is doubling down on the in-world camera element. And that Mm -hmm. third time they fast forward through it. And it just I got so hung up on that. But I love the fact that you said this is deadpan and jokes go on too long because what you're telling me is that they don't do that. Like if they're going to yeah. tease a cooking segment, they do it. Yeah. Dude, that's I, so. But, yeah. By the time that scene had actually come up, I forgot that it said to, because it was just kind of like a throwaway, like in the beginning. So I didn't know that that was coming when it said that like today's chili re- recipe is chili or whatever. Yeah. I was like, oh, this just seems like so- something goofy. But then when it actually happened in the show, I was like, oh, this is cool. Do, uh, w- do you think you could actually make that chili? 
Probably. It seems legit. Yeah. What the fuck kind of question is that? I mean, like... I can make whatever the fuck kind of chili. No, thank you. You know, the, the question I was trying to um, raise is, do they do a lot of editing tricks? Like, oh, we have it pre-made under here. Or is it like actual time? Like they actually I think he go- literally walks in with grocery bags and like starts cutting like <laughs> onions and stuff. Yeah. Damn it. All right. I got to watch That's this fucking fun. show. All right. This show, what are you... Your grandfather? <laughs> well, it's just show. It's like uh, Locke Henry. Yeah, but no. Except that was a real show, which I found this out. This is a movie. I know. But it's a fake show, right? Within yeah. a movie. But you're going to watch the movie. You're not going to skip around no, no, to no. just watch the show. No, look. Welcome to the world of an ARG. I'm already Boo. in their reality. <laughs> if you don't come in thinking it's a show. Clint you're gonna be Howard <laughs> is dead. <laughs> Book it. They address that in the movie. Uh, they should. <laughs> They have a memorial pops up. I should have mentioned it in the State of the Union. There's a problem. Randy, continue. Yeah, the second thing I watched on movie.com is a... Wait, uh, hold on, hold on. We didn't buy the movie cow for it to just stay asleep. <laughs> Clark, kick the cow. We need it to do its job. All right, Randy, go ahead. Say it again. The second movie I watched on movie.com. Okay. You're right. supposed to do it on... Yeah. All right. Well, tell the cow. No, that's a secret. We have a cow. cow. We have a cow in the room just for in case Randy mentions movie. I've slaughtered the cow. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to end up in the chili. Uh, Yeah. I watched a short feature or a long short. It is uh, 59 (laughs) minutes long. All right. You already lost me. It's now, a, Russell, what did you classify that as? A short feature or a long short? Uh, when you're in the room taking a dump before the show, <laughs> I, uh, again, in the room, we have a bucket next to the cow. <laughs> I'm so, okay. We, uh, I actually brought this up, how we had early F meetings and we had to decide what the cutoff for a short was. That's right. And I stand by 45 minutes. I really think yeah. that's the gray area. I think I'm we right did there. a good job there. Well, you know, whenever we get Joe Swanberg on this uh, show, he can uh, he can talk about this as well because he's got like what fifty two minute features. Oh yeah, Probably, hey, but they're yeah. good. Fuck it, sure. Like, yeah. Speaking of Joe, this director is a uh, Thai director for uh, people that don't want to try to pronounce his full name. He goes by Joe, Love also it. known as a Pitchapong or a Sethical. Whoa! Wow, you did that without blinking, dude. Can you do that? Again? He's been working on it all day. <laughs> A pitchapong wore a sethical. Right. You sound like you sound like I just hit the button on Google. <laughs> That's very good. One more time. I hit the button. Go. A pitchapong wore a sethical. I love it. What he did uh, movies like Memoria, Uncle Boonmi, who can recall his past lives. Oh yes, you will yeah. talk, you talk about that every episode. More like yeah. Uncle Boo bore me. <laughs> Sort of a, uh, you know, <laughs> slow cinema director. Uh, most of his shots are just, you know, on the sticks, as Jasadi would say. Uh, just, you know, not much camera movement. Um, but East Bay cinematographer Jasadi Perkins. You have to sure. use his full name. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, a lot of really great, just like beautiful sort of naturalistic shots of sort of just the uh, area in... Uh, Thailand and uh, in this one along the Mekong River, uh, which is where this hotel is. And uh, it's sort of sold as like pseudo documentary and then pseudo fiction. Um, so essentially when you, the movie opens, you're hearing 
just like a lot of very pleasant nature sounds. And then you get uh, a little bit of someone playing some like Spanish bluesy, uh, like acoustic guitar. And then you see a shot of Joe, the director, with the uh, guy who's playing guitar. And they're sort of just like walking through sort of like improv- improvisations and stuff that he kind of wants him to like uh, play. And essentially that like session of them hanging out and like him recording uh, and playing guitar plays as like the backdrop for like the whole movie. So there's pretty much guitar throughout like the whole um, 59 minutes of this. Uh, but yeah, essentially there's a lot of just sort of conversations from these people that are uh, at this hotel or work at this hotel. Um, and there is some supernatural elements, um, which is not unusual for his movies. Um, but yeah, there is this myth of like, um, this sort of spirit or ghost or something that, um, takes control of people, um, and eats human flesh, mm. um, and or animals. And I think there is a, uh, dog that is eat. I mean, you don't see it, but you see someone sort of like crouched eating uh, the flesh of something. And I think it is implied that it was someone's dog or something. And um, oh, yeah, no, just that. the, uh, the juxtaposition of like this very, <laughs> like very uh, meditative, like pretty chill, like Spanish bluesy guitar. And then the sort of like violent imagery is like, I don't know, works really well. It's really cool. Um, this does seem kind of like, maybe a little bit of like a, a riff on an idea. It doesn't like feel like there's a whole ton there. I kind of wish there was a little bit more or that they played a little more into sort of like the, uh, I don't know, docu-fiction sort of element of it. But um, there's some like, yeah, really great shots in the movie. And um, it's uh, it's really cool if you're a fan of Joe and haven't seen this one. Yeah, check it out on movie. Um, yeah, and if you just like sort of slow cinema with just beautiful shots and... uh maybe some slight horror elements. Um, I think it's pretty cool. So it's a slow cinema movie about another movie within a movie. Kind of, I guess. The description kind of uh, sells that more than I feel like is actually there. It kind of just feels like there's the, the part that feels the most like documentary-esque is the part with him, um, which they go back to a couple of times with Joe and the guitarist. Um, everything that like, yeah, everything that takes place like in the hotel, it kind of just feels like, it kind of feels like there is a small documentary element and a small movie element that is kind of like smooshed together. Um, How's the hotel? Is the hotel cool? It's cool. It's like, you know, it's surrounded by resort on this river. Um, I don't know. It doesn't look incredibly nice, um, compared to like, you know, lavish American hotels or something, but it's cool. Uh, there's a lot of talk about just sort of like the environment they're in and how there's like floods coming and stuff, which is kind of interesting. Um, how does it compare to the grand Budapest hotel? Not as, not as good. No, uh, no stop motion in here. There was stop motion in the grand Budapest hotel. I'm assuming there probably was. (laughs) (laughs) He usually works like at least a scene in or so. Does he? Uh, yeah, I think there's some in uh, life aquatic. I think. It's been a long time since uh, I've seen that one, though. Well, he had a model. They had a model train in uh, Asteroid City. Sure. Yeah. That was a that was a cool thing. There's some cool stuff on uh, YouTube about how they made that. By the way. Oh, cool. Go down yeah, that yeah. rabbit hole. So, Randy, would you call this in-world camera, or is there just not enough there? A pitch pong. 
I think so. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Screen live? <laughs> no. Uh, are there any boobs, butts, wieners? <laughs> None of the three. Damn. Over oh, three? <laughs> That's a strikeout, cuz. Well, they did eat a dog. All right, I'm back in. An hour long. A lot of this yeah. bluesy Spanish guitar, I've been told. The, acoustic? The guitar playing is great. Yeah, it's, a, it's all acoustic, yeah. Release the... Uh, what, like flamenco style? Sort of, yeah. Less, less riffy, less sort of fast than flamenco stuff. I like that shit. Yeah, it's cool. But yeah, that's... Uh, that's all I got, sort of, except for a movie I'll jump on with Clark later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, do you want to do that now? Sure, yeah. The, uh, what is this, the seventh Mission Impossible movie? I've lost track. Directed by Joseph Kaczynski, uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, part one of two. And part whoa, one whoa, whoa, is... Whoa, 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 He didn't... Di- who, who did you just name that did not, not direct him? this movie? No, Christopher, the great Christopher McQuarrie. Thank uh, you Christopher very McQuarrie. Much. Did I just say the guy who did uh, Top Gun? I think so. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Which yeah. is... Interchangeable. I, I'm hurt. <laughs> I got Cruz on the brain, dude. Don't bring that blasphemy. It's, we've been waiting on this movie for five years, dude. Yeah. It finally came. It did. So let's and it pay was its respect. pretty good. Is that... Yeah, all right. So, Randy, you've seen... You're a fan of the franchise. You've seen all the movies, correct? Yeah, I'd say you've definitely uh, probably watched them more recently than I have or watched them more than I have. But yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, I, I bought I bought all of them, so I, I'll go back and revisit them. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, all right, so this one, uh, Randy, what's our runtime? Two hours and 43 minutes? Yep. Uh, part one. Two pee breaks. I oh, had to wow. take I had to take two pee breaks. Um, one I was able to get during intermi- uh, intermission, uh, during the trailers. <laughs> uh, apparently there is a Bob Marley movie, uh, that is coming. Um, I did, was not able to, uh, see the trailer because I had to go urinate. Um, but we can look forward to that. I feel sure. like you're about to say something. So that's why I'm waiting. Well, I'm just shocked. Why? I didn't get an invite to go see Mission Impossible what with the, you. So what, what are you even doing? <laughs> I'm throwing a fit that you didn't invite me to no, go see it's Mission not Impossible. Even the same thing. Although, uh, to catch people up on the uh, drama of non-invites, I did get another link for Clark to go see Talk to Me prior its release. Yeah, but will I go see it for the first time with my other friends? No, I will not. Oh, it's so a friend. You thing now? get to wear that. <laughs> then I would have went with you to this. You no, I don't want you to go with me to this oh because you God. show disrespect oh to the God. franchise. You show disrespect <laughs> to Thomas Cruise, and right, you show right. disrespect to good art. All right, you're right. Here, um, I'll make it up to you. I doubt that. <laughs> Mission Impossible: <laughs> Dead Reckoning Part One. Now we're talking. Okay. <laughs> Do they eat a dog? No, what they do is eat about 20 minutes of exposition at the beginning of the movie. Oh, no. I mean, isn't that about it, right? So, so we open up. <laughs> uh, where are we? We're in the Bering Sea. We're Something somewhere. Like that, yeah. um, there's a submersible. We, well, no, there's a straight up submarine. <laughs> oh. We open up James with, Cameron approved. With, with a Russian submarine with this breakthrough technology um, that no other 
submarine. It is undetectable. It's made out of aluminum. But then enters in the main villain of now <clears throat> Trump. The the main villain of of the Mission Impossible franchise. It, it varies really, and for the past couple movies, uh, we've been stuck on the Syndicate. Okay, but in the last oh, no. movie, we pretty much we pretty much killed the Syndicate. Uh, we, we knew, we knew why the syndicate was created. Um, spoiler alert. It was a, uh, psyops mission, um, that went wrong, went south, got out of control and got out of control. So the thing about mission impossible and the reason why I liked him is because the whole, everything is, you can't, you trust Absolutely no one. The government is the most evil <laughs> out of anyone, pretty much. Um, and also a big theme in all of these movies is that women die. There's a lot of women death in these <laughs> movies, and there's a lot of sort of rebirth with the death. They just kind of cycle out these side female characters that are popular for a couple of movies, and then it's time to move on. And so that's what this movie was. We introduce a new female character and we kick out the old one. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Women um, die. So, and which I mean, we, I want to say that Rebecca Ferguson was great. And if also, if you get mad at me for spoiling this, fuck you. It's a Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part <laughs> One. You had to know that it was time for her to go because they were introducing Haley Atwell as Grace, who was great. They bring her on, and, and I like kind of what the story they did with her is because she's not a spy. She doesn't come from the spy world, Russell, like Rebecca Ferguson. Rebecca, her her fate was ruined, and okay, we knew. She knew the life that she had, but Haley Atwell, she's just a very good thief. And Tom Cruise meets her in the airport because they're trying to get the second half of the key because the other half of the key was part of that Russian submarine that went down because the true villain were past the syndicate, not the syndicate anymore. Do you know who the villain is now, Russell? It's the entity. <laughs> it's From AI, Dead by Daylight? Baby. And it's AI. Dude, it's Dead by Daylight. AI the is the new enemy. It is a sentient being. It has become too powerful, and the only way to shut it down is this fucking two... This, this key that you got to put inside that turns it's into like a crucifix. Yeah. Yeah. This interlocking cross key that we spend three hours trying to track all over the world. <laughs> and I had a great time. Okay, good. <laughs> Same. Um, yeah. I also, we get, um, we don't get as much side cast as I would like. Uh, right. Randy, don't you feel like we could have used more Simon Pegg and Ving Rhames here? We got a little yeah. bit, but. I don't know. Um, they were kind of missing for like 45 minute stretches yeah, at a time. True. But there were a couple of great scenes. Now, one of the major scenes um, that, you know, everybody's been talking about forever um, as Russell has left the room. So he won't get to hear me talk about this. But uh, the, what did you think of the giant scene that, that, that they have been basically propping up as the main reason to see this movie is the greatest live stunt in the history of motion pictures. I feel like that may be a little bit outreaching, but um, yeah. What's your initial thoughts on the Tom Cruise motorcycle jump into free fall? It was pretty cool. I will say I felt like it was a little like light on stunts. I don't know if they're going to like really pack two with like a lot of stunts. Um, the train sequence was very good. 
Yeah, it was also like homage to the first one, I feel. Yeah, no, 100%. Well, it had to be because of the Gabriel character. So this movie... This movie does tie back to Mission Impossible 1, which seems very strange because yeah. those it feels like a different franchise. And so part of the reason why I really like this franchise is because of how flawed and weird it is. Um, and that they try to bring back old characters that it's just like we don't really have any uh, relation to whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so, um, with this Gabriel character, uh, Randy, what's that character? What's the uh, actor's name? Esai? Is that how? Esai Morales. Esai Morales, who's great. You know, he's a great bad guy. But, you know, of them trying to bring up stuff in like the other franchises, it's like, that's cool, I guess, from a writing standpoint, but no one really cares uh, or remembers. But basically, he for whatever reason, becomes the keeper of this entity and is the only one that is able to shut it down. And, uh, but the other thing is like the name of this movie and it's, it's everywhere you look at it. It's part one. You know, it's part one. We're setting up for a bigger story. So everything is kind of wrapped up in this movie and we're just ready to go. They keep everything nice and trim. There's no cliffhangers. We know exactly where we stand and we'll see you next summer. All right. (laughs) So Maybe. watch out, Gabriel. We're going. We see your ass. We're coming. Uh, but yeah, you know, the the train sequence was great. Yeah, I will say that with the jump, uh, with the motorcycle jump, I just I think that I I did like partially of how they filmed it. My only critique would be, is like, boy, I would have loved for them to try to do a one or behind him. Yeah. You know That's what I mean? That's my, uh, my thing too. Yeah. You kind of like cut and then you lose tension, you know, and it kind of like goes it. to a closer up shot and it's like, eh. When they cut, I'm like, damn it. Why? Yeah. Because it, dude, Russ, I will say that, that, that motorcycle jump off the cliff is pretty cool because it, it turns into, he, uh, he free dives in there. He's in his little squirrel. He's, you know, he, but the thing is, is like, he is in this giant, um, cavern. So there's mountains, there's cliffs all around him. Mm-hmm. So he can't open up the suit. So he's got to navigate through here and he's trying to jump on top of a train. Um, it's, it's, I mean, he's, you know, this yeah. guy has taken more jumps than most, you know, military men. This guy, uh, he's very good in a parachute. It's, uh, it's impressive to see. But that, that was the, that was the problem is that Randy was saying is like how they filmed it. Yeah. Because yeah. this, they've been talking about this stuff forever. It. So, when they cut, it it took away from it. Yeah, but I instantly think of Michael Bay and everything he's done, like ambulance and stuff. Like I know, but they they have a camera like right on him. Yeah, and you see, like, and he's like, it's it's great. Like the problem is, Mister Beast has created a culture of retention, and they could feel people falling asleep. So they're like, quick, cut to a close up. Not on that though. The cut took away. It took away. It always does. It's, it's, it, yeah, I don't yeah. know, but, um, it was cool. And then the train sequence at the end, uh, yeah. was, was, um, I'm gonna be honest, pretty nerve wracking. It's a fucking three hour long movie. Even if I wanted to watch that thing as a bit, it would have to. Well, the thing, <laughs> and the, the other part, it's very important as a part of these movies. We go to at least five different locations across the world. Yeah. The um, Rome and Venice stuff was awesome. Really oh, made me want to go to Rome again and or Venice. I, I want to go to Venice. They right go to now. China. They pull up to a cool club 
in Venice, you know, on the on the boats because yeah. of mm-hmm. the canals. That's all I want to do. I want to go to a hot club in Venice. Shea Wiggum. Randy, what would you think of your boy Shea Wiggum? He was good. It took me forever to remember his name for some reason. Because <laughs> I know I've seen him in a million things. But uh, yeah, he was good. What do you think about the uh, the Paris character? The bleached hair girl. <laughs> oh, wait, the the Asian lady who didn't speak? Yeah. She was great. Yeah, she was really and also And also had a character arc that kind of came out of nowhere. Well, a little bit. They gave her something to do. They gave her a purpose. So that's, yeah, I like what they, they used her uh, appropriately. Yeah. Um, the Black Widow character. Other than being, you know, one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life, she's boring. Um, and her brother, they serve no purpose, but they found purpose for this girl very quickly. Um, it's fun. I, and also, you know, the face machine always breaks. All right. <laughs> we know the face machine's going to break and it broke. And so, you know, we got to do things the hard way. That's what life is. And that's why the Mission Impossible franchise is the best franchise. Because guess what, Russell? It just mirrors life. That's all we're doing. As Russell's not paying attention, I am. But uh, yeah, Randy, any of the closing thoughts on Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One? Uh, not really. No, just I mean, I've made jokes about it being a part one that's almost three hours long, but honestly, it went by really quick. <laughs> I was pretty pretty into it the whole time. Yeah, man, because that's the thing it's it's built to move. Yeah. That's what we're doing. We there uh, nothing. Nothing stays still in the entire franchise. We're always moving. We're always scared. And we're always fucked. A lot of Tom Cruise running per usual. A lot of running. Dude, um, dude he's, he hasn't lost a step at all. I mean, he's as good as he's ever been with yeah. everything. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's Scient- great. Scientology's doing something right. I don't know, man. He just He looks great. He's doing everything the right way. So, Tom, keep uh, keep sucking that adrenochrome or whatever you're doing. We need you. <laughs> Randy, how many stars? Four. Whoa! Four stars for Mission Impossible. God, what do they got to do? Go to five more countries for you to give it <laughs> five? That's right. The three-hour movie that you said moved quickly, had, maybe if they had that one-er in there. I mean, it's one of those things where the, the MacGuffin or the plot kind of doesn't really make sense. And it's one of those um, movies where, you know, you have a tech thing that can just do anything, you know? Yeah. And that kind of shit kind of bugs me. It's like, I'm sure maybe one day that's a thing. But I don't know if it's just like, oh, this, it, it, it could just do whatever is needed for the plot, you know? Yeah. Like, also, one of my favorite things is that Ving Rames is the best coder in the world. <laughs> that just makes me happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me hack into this Russian satellite. <laughs> when uh, Clark accused me of not paying attention, I was actually reading on the villains wiki about the special abilities that the entity had. Oh yeah. And there are some terrible quotes that the entity says in this movie, yeah. but I didn't want to read them because it seems like a spoiler of like what the I just I, I I literally just said that a main character dies. I know. So we can spoil. This is kind of like uh, I don't know. It seems like it would be a fun thing. Okay. Also, they're just bad quotes. That's why I wanted yeah. to read them. But well, he's no Hal. You would hate. Uh, shout out to Halga, our AI that works for us. I was really worried you're going right. to say bad things about AI because it's in our contract that we can't do that. 
Yeah, and also it's it's got nothing to do with the writer strike <laughs> and the actor strike. Hey, uh, it's the best writing we've ever had. So shout out to you, love you. Um, skills and abilities. The entity has hacking, precise calculations, image and data manipulation, and impersonation. These, oh, they go into detail on what all of these things mean and how they apply them. And well, they also it's also part of exposition in the movie. Uh, it's also part of uh, actualization in the movie. Ooh. We get to see all these things. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's everything that uh, I wanted it to be, and uh, I'm glad. I'm glad that Ethan Hunt is back in our lives. Looking forward to part two. Uh, Russ, I'll save that one for last. Um, let's jump over. Why is it part one? That just bugs me. It makes me think of like Twilight or like Lord of the Rings, all these novel movies well, where it's like. You got to set the pace. They're organized. But I mean, do you need to let people know it's part one if it's not yes. based from like a source material or yes. something? Because we're, we're a stupid nation. <laughs> <laughs> we're a stupid nation. We got to let them know that this is just the first part of the story. Wars to come. Oh my that's God. the thing. It's like, we know exactly where we stand. Is it already one, filmed? I don't know that answer. Okay. One might because say we're a rogue nation. Russell, that was another movie in the, the franchise. Oh, my favorite one. Is it? Yeah. Mm. Rogue I'm, One? I'm more of a ghost <laughs> protocol man myself. I don't remember the shit since he fell from the ceiling on a string. Now, Randy Michael Statt. And myself, um, we, we've talked about on this show, uh, and also in life, about a movie that we're a big fan of. And I think for a uh, movie came out in 2014, and I think for uh, those nine years, we've been trying to get uh, Russell John the Fisherman to see this movie, and uh, to no avail. Um, but he directed a little movie called Wild Tales in 2014. Uh, this gentleman's names is uh, Damien Zifron uh, from Argentina, and he has not made a movie since Wild Tales in 2014. Until this very year, 2023, the year of our Lord, his follow-up to a darling of that year is a movie about a cop called To Catch a Killer. Starring Shailene Woodley and Ben Mendelsohn. Now, I was very surprised to learn that uh, this was his follow-up uh, to um, that movie in 2014. As this looked like a movie that I would never see ever. Uh, it just didn't look like I cared. I don't understand really what's happening with Shailene Woodley. Uh, I don't, it's not that I don't think she's talented. I just... Uh, I look at her and I see a child, if I'm honest, and I'm I'm wondering why this child is is in this uh, gritty cop drama with Ben Mendelsohn. And that's the other main reason I wanted to see it, is I wanted to see my friend Ben Mendelsohn, uh, the Australian Wonder. Randy, can we get can we get that patented as his nickname, the Australian Wonder, known as what Ben Mendelsohn? Baltimore, New Year's Eve. This is straight from IMDb, by the way. Baltimore, New Year's Eve. A talented but troubled police officer is recruited by the FBI's chief investigator to help profile and track down a disturbed individual terrorizing the city. This movie is not very good. <laughs> well, it looks cool as shit. 
Um, also starring in this movie is Ralph Innocent. Do you, do you know who Ralph Innocent is? Russell John the Fisherman? No, no idea. You don't you see that face you don't know? Um, He's the father from the witch. Oh, okay. He's also known for his very, very deep uh voice. Yeah. You know, he, uh, also, he's the Green Knight in the Green Knight. Yeah. And um he's the killer in this. Spoiler alert, guys. We're spoiling to catch a killer. <laughs> he's the killer. Um, he was kind of self-trained. His father trained him in how to shoot a gun and he had some issues as a child and then decided he wanted to kill people. So the end. <laughs> yeah. I Dude, don't know. Hold on. Let's go back to your boy that you just pointed out. Look at the fucking work he's been doing. Oh, bro. He's crushing it. He, he was, was in, in the, the Pope's exorcist. The Northman. Yeah. Yeah. He was, um, also he's really made it cause he was in Diablo four. And Final Fantasy, hold on, let me, 27. X plus V plus one. That's 16. Uh, 16, good job, dude. Because you know, the smaller letters in front, you take away. Yes, the, I this, went to school. <laughs> the only <laughs> Roman, you know, it's my favorite kind of language when letters mean numbers and there's math involved in 100%. every percent. <laughs> We've come a long way. Yeah. Uh, could you imagine if that was still the thing they are? <laughs> no, <laughs> nobody would know anything. Um, yeah, it's just not, it's just not very good. Um, I don't understand. There, there was a little, you know, there's, there's, there's just not a lot here, guys. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just brought it up cause I think it was interesting that, um, you know, I was a big fan of wild tales and he finally got a movie in and, uh, hopefully he got a paycheck. Uh, that's, that's what I'll say. I hope everyone was well paid and, uh, enjoyed their time. Uh, well, in production, because there's just not a there's just nothing new here. It's very run of the mill, and uh, you know she's a troubled she's a troubled individual who's a cop on the you know she's a beat cop. She but looks fourteen. I that's what I'm saying. She looks so young. And Ben Mendelsohn is the chief FBI investigator, and he he sees something in her, so he kind of brings her under his wing. Oh my god! And um, like Jerry Seinfeld, yeah, with Colleen. <laughs> Exactly. And yeah. And then uh, they find him and he's still, he kills, God, he kills like 150 people in this movie. I see them all right here. There's a massive, (laughs) well, that was, that was so, the first attack was a, also how it was filmed was not good um, at the beginning. It was New Year's Eve and fireworks were going off and he was just sniping people. And he sniped 27 people. I like that idea. And then I feel like it's been done before, but and then the second time he didn't want to make the attack, but he was provoked as he was in a mall and but he still had a gun on him. So it was like, but he was being provoked. And then he just went on a crazy uh shooting spree. And it was he mostly killed police. Okay. So yeah. It's one of those <laughs> where he had a mission, the whole thing. I don't know. It was just uh there could have been it could have been better. What I want to know is that there a pivotal moment where the teacher realizes that he is in fact the student. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. No. Um, oh, they don't do that trope. Where it's like I got a lot to learn from this green. No, horn. but what they what they do do. Uh, do you do? Thank you so much. <laughs> let me let me play the is, fart noise. Is because you know Ben Mendelsohn is a guy. He's you know he's playing a guy in his late forties, early fifties, uh-huh. and Shailene Woodley obviously is a you know attractive but very young looking woman. Uh-huh. 
And there's a point there to where he's like, you know, hey, why don't you? She was walking home and he was in his uh, SUV with his driver. And he pulled out his window. He said, hey, I apologize about before because he had kind of smarted off to her. Um, And then she was like, are you just trying to fuck me? Because if that's the case, (laughs) we can end this right now. And he's like, I'm married. And she's like, how long have you been married? And he said, as long as we've been allowed. And then cut to. To God? No, he's gay. (laughs) (laughs) That was the best part of the movie. (laughs) Is to learn his character was gay. I thought he was going (laughs) to. God. What? Isn't that what people say? No. I'm married to Christ. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, but those people. (laughs) It's a different league. You say some weird shit. Yeah, but they're generally not FBI (laughs) chief investigators. But that'd be good. She's like, you trying to fuck me? He's like, I'm married to Christ. (laughs) Or Jesus. He's a ripped It's just, um, yeah. He's gay? How did you leave that out? That's interesting. Also, do you know what the original title for this film was? <laughs> the Gay Detective? Misanthrope. <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. What the, is it a neo-noir? Man, so weird. No. No. <laughs> it's just a movie about a cop and a killer and how to catch it. I'm confused why you don't like it. It's because it's not interesting. It's, <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't because it's it, because it didn't make a commitment one way or another to go. It, it 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 certainly is not cool guy territory. We're not anywhere near cool guy territory. We're in so, grimy, gritty crime drama territory, and it just doesn't do a good job of that. Um, but again, you know, there's the production is fine. There are ten million extras in this movie, and th- there's not a ton of cut corners. But um, also, you know, they they make political statements, and it's just oh, it's just tired. Get the fuck out of my entertainment! It's just tired. Yeah, um, nothing nothing new here, and that was you know just kind of disappointing. And that I think warrants its fifty percent tomato rating. Well, um, while you were talking, I was thoroughly invested, hanging on every word. You're so good at this. Thank you and so much. I finally, I finally scrolled through our, our playlist to when Vayu and Quinn were on the show. Yeah. Episode 209. Ooh. So if, if you want to give a shit for not remembering survival skills by title. And what's this episode? We're at like two, we're at four. 41? Uh, yeah. It's, See, 209 was my weight when I talked to them. <laughs> now 420. My favorite area code. Now four, what okay. is it? What area what code is that? Is that That's like Modesto. <laughs> Why do you know that? Because I have family out there. You're like a bot property. Um, yeah. So go listen to survival skills when we had Value and Quinn on episode 209. Yeah. Over 230 episodes ago. Last movie I watched is another um Russell, I want you to get ready for the uh iTunes five dollar uh what is that? Extravaganza. <laughs> you have to look, we have a new intern. She's AI. She can do this really Pick quick. a button. I'm stalling because you don't know how poorly I've categorized those. Oh, I know. <laughs> so, okay, I'll pick a fucking button. Go ahead. Clark's $5 iTunes. There. There's your new <laughs> Now, uh, this movie was on my radar. Because of the aforementioned Wes Anderson's Asteroid oh, City. God. In that movie, 
Wes Anderson opens up the movie with a beautiful train sequence. As we later learned, it was a beautiful model that had been built, uh, you know, barreling through the desert sand. One or not? Not a one. <laughs> no. <laughs> nice cuts. There's up. nice cuts, though. It's beautiful. It's great. Um, now, I watched a YouTube video where Wes Anderson was talking about, uh, it was the, the uh, aforementioned um, French video store I uh, YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It's, he's talking about musicals for 20 minutes, but it's, it's very interesting. Um, it sounds like you would like that part too. It's, I, I loved it. It's Are you great. a Sweeney Todd fan? No. Okay. But I don't think I've ever given it any time of day. I don't think I've watched any. It might be a little bit too poppy for you. I know you like technical <laughs> in the weeds kind of music. But musicals. I like pop rocks. Dude, you, you, that's not true either. Does the popping candy? Yeah, you don't like those. What are you talking about? Is that real? <laughs> you ever get a pop rocks blowjob? <laughs> Where did you hear that on Entourage? Huh? On Reddit. Oh, oh yeah. Oh <laughs> um, yeah. Fucking idiot. Good job, Randy. Um as so in that show, uh, which Randy, what is the name of that show? The French video store? Entourage. That's I, French. I, I forget. It's all in French. I don't know. Check it out. It's great. <laughs> um, he mentioned that he stole the opening shot of his movie from the opening shot of Bad Day at Black Rock from Stolen. 1955 Found. from director John Sturgis. And boy, oh boy, do we have a cast here. Okay. The leading the charge. We got the great Spencer Tracy. Who else we got? We got Walter Brennan up in this mug. We got Ernie B. We got Lee Marvin. What about Walter Beaver? Here, here's the thing. When <laughs> I think when Lee Marvin was 12, he probably looked 46. Lee Marvin has always looked old. Uh, and dude, he plays, he's supposed to be like 20 years old in this movie. He looks like a scary middle linebacker for the Chiefs. Um, you know, big imposing man. Uh, who else we got? Dean Jagger and then Robert Ryan in here. What a wonderful cast. What, what about Harry Harvey? Yeah, the great <laughs> Harry Harvey. He's uncredited. <laughs> so, Russ, here's what this movie is. I'll, I'll sell it to you very plain and very simply. We are in a deserted desert town, right? Uh-huh. They have a train. Mm-hmm. They have like six buildings okay. and a shit ton of sand. Mm -hmm. They got like a quarry, something else. But they keep to themselves, right? They, you know, and so one day, Spencer Tracy comes off this train and the entire town turns their nose up to him because he's a stranger and they don't like strangers in their town. Stranger danger. Because it, 100%. Because they're like, who the fuck is this guy walking around here? snooping around we don't need him snooping around Dude, here like and then we we learned very quickly that russell even though he didn't know it but he was there to snoop around oh. because spencer tracy is looking for a man named kamoko and kamoko is a japanese farmer who the last time that anybody had seen him was at black rock and for reasons that we don't know Spencer Tracy's character is looking for Komoko, and guess what? Komoko ain't there. Stop saying Komoko. Do they say Komoko a hundred times? In the I want to order Kokomo? some Loco Komoko now. It's great, Moko Komoko. 
Uh, dude, no, it's great. Once you hear it once in the movie, they're like, you love it every time they say it. They, talk, they say Komoko so many times. Um, well, it turns out the guy who runs the town, he killed Komoko. Oh. And the entire town knew about it and has been hiding it. And so it is the entire town against Spencer Tracy, who's there for just one day, and he's trying to get word out, but the town's against him. Did you watch a documentary about something like that in Mississippi? It's like a true crime doc. What? It's making me, yeah, it's reminding me of another thing. Watch, uh, there'll be a guest from 200 episodes ago. It's yeah, fine. Sure, <laughs> uh, but uh, this, is, uh, this is incredible. This is a cinema classic. And I, I had known about this movie, but, um, you know, Wes Anderson, you know, he had, he had, he had to take me there on the train. Uh, the, but the opening sequence in this is beautiful. Um, I don't know how they did it. Uh, I don't think they used a model, but it, it honestly, it's just to see that black train cutting through all that sand. It's like a hot turd in a toilet. Just, you know, you just, it's just cutting along. Right along the same. What are you looking up now? Can you be present in the conversation, I'm here. please? Dude, I'm checking my sports team right now. Okay. What he just <laughs> did there was a little sly insult. No, dude. I love Stallone. But I wish he would understand the sacrifices that I've made during that. Thank you so much. I'm trying to find. I know you talked about a show that was like that. Where like a oh, unity. Oh, stuck on that right Yeah. Now. Oh, no. Okay. It wasn't Mississippi. It was Missouri. Okay. And if you ever fucking make that mistake again, <laughs> I'll slit your throat. Um, yeah. What was the name of that? Um, was it the town, The town that said nothing or something? Yeah, something. The town that did nothing. Um, it was great. It was on um, Sundance Network. That's kind of, it's a really cool premise. Yeah, it's, it's similar to that. Um, but then, of course, you know, circumstances change and he he ended up having a couple cheerleaders on his side and uh dude it's great man also you know what the best part about this movie is russell ask me what the runtime is what's the runtime one hour and 21 minutes Ah, too long we get in we get out it's It's great it's dude it's less than also i I didn't mention this what spencer tracy he has one arm and also he fucks people up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so he's got like his arm in his shirt? Yeah. He's doing that whole Oh, die. Yeah. Dude, th- I I dude, this is this is great. It's uh, honestly, you know, this is one of the greatest American films ever made according to several lists, and I would agree. It's a great classic movie. Wonderful. No one saw a thing? No one saw a thing. That's yeah. it. Yeah, that's cool. That's it. Uh the the town um was united and the bully got shot and nobody yeah. Gave a fuck. Yeah, 100%. Love it. But a lot of fucked up things happened to that town after that. Joke. <laughs> it's dude, it's it's a it's a weird case. Well, fucking karma, um, guilt. It's all coming at one time. But that's the thing and yeah, yeah. No, good thing you remember that. Um and that was a good pull. Uh similar stories. Man, I could highest regards all the way around. This is a great movie. Bad Day at Black Rock. Also, Randy. Uh-huh. Uh, Spencer Tracy goes to the, the one restaurant in town, sits down and says, what do you got today? You know what the guy said? No. Chili. Nice. So he had chili. Hold the beans. Uh, I, oh, there was a bit about the beans, (laughs) but I forgot. 
I can't remember if it had beans or no beans. Right, I well, think th- he had beans. I'll cue up the Benny Hill music as you think about it. Oh. All right. That was a also, terrible. <laughs> what the fuck? The, uh, the French video uh, <laughs> channel we're talking about on YouTube is called Conbini Video Club. But yeah, oh, yeah. most of it is in French. If they, if they have an English guest, it will be in English. It seems like most of the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I. Um, it's a great little channel. Before we had. Looks um, rad. Oh, great store. Before we had Sam Barlow on, I listened to him on a French podcast that did the simul. Was he in thing. French? He he did one with the French podcast. Does he they understand French? art, even if it is related to video games. Oh, I, you know what? I'm back on the French. Bill O'Reilly was yeah. had me against the French for a little while. You know, I was eating my freedom fries. Oh yeah, but I'm back in. I'm back in. Well, what a good time! Uh, the French Revolution. We're in. Uh, what's it called? Oh. What's that thing? Uh, the B word. Yeah, they're having they're having <laughs> some bad times over there. Actually, this is real bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> It's their economic system. Randy, what's going on over there, Dave? I know those are your people. I don't know, man. I just like them, uh, you know, from from afar. I just watch their (laughs) their art. And their food. Um, Yeah. You love a croissant. Are you, is that all you had? You had three. That's it? No, it was a good amount. Holy Trinity. All right. I got, I got a couple for you. I, I'd be lying if I didn't say I was struggling to squeeze in even another movie this week. The team is struggling. So, uh, what order am I going to do this in? I watched a couple of uh, films, and today's topic is going to be a little bit of explaining how a bad movie can be a good genre film. Mm-hmm. I've been uh, getting into this topic, you know, considering like Scream and the franchise and how you can make a good franchise film without making a good traditional film. Yeah. And my jumping off point is going to be a movie that I never saw. And on my mom's birthday, which was on July uh, 13th, Shout out to you, mom. Terrell decided that uh, I was a poser and I needed to watch this. Oh, boy. What a great pick. Sorority Row from 2009. I remember this movie. A group of sorority sisters try to cover up the death of their house sister after a prank gone wrong, only to be stalked by a serial killer. Here's the thing. We got to get Randy on board here. So this is a remake from... uh, Carrie Fisher? She she plays the, like, uh, dean or what? The house mom? The house mom. What do you call them? The house mom. Mama house. <laughs> I don't, I have no idea. Uh, so this is a remake from the 1982 movie, The House on Sorority Row, which uh, similar thing. Perfect kind of plot. Now, uh, Sorority Row in uh, 2009, this is a post-scream slasher. So we're not getting paranormal here. And uh, it's kind of perfect for a remake. Too bad they're about a decade late here, which really stood out to me. Because when you start looking at the post-Scream slasher like uh, catalog, you basically get them up through like 2002 for like really late ones. And this is 09, so you're saying this this felt like a 90s movie. Oh, dude, totally. It it was a little bit more, like everybody had a, like a burner phone in here. They all had like flip phones and shit, but it didn't feel wrong. Speaking of that, uh, we're going back to it. What was the name of that movie? I think we watched it last summer that felt the same way. It was super low budget. I think it was on the shelf for like 15 years. And that made sense because when we watched it, why we were like, what is all what, this? What kind of movie? It was a horror movie about the haunted house. Horror movie in Florida. House. In, in Florida. The, you know, the first thing I think of is the. Uh, Oksana, do you know what I'm talking I'd about? I'd buy that for a dollar. Y'all don't remember? No. We talked a- so much about that movie. It was a haunted house in Florida. And we watched it based on the app. And they had like, it, it was like. With the weird needle drops of like 
American Pie Harvey Wallbanger shit. Oh, I don't remember, but I want to. I want to remember. <laughs> I want to. And we're like, what is this weird movie? Oksana, do your work. When I think of Florida haunted house, you know, I think Blackwell Ghost. Yeah, it's no, kind no, of like no, no, no. It was a, it was a, it was a um, like a a a thing people would go to. They ran a haunt. Oh, they ran a haunt. Yeah, they ran a haunt. The documentary? No. Okay. Oh, was it haunt? No. With fat Tim Dillon? No. Or skinny Tim Dillon? <laughs> God damn it. All right. Well, think about it. You can, we'll, we'll trade now. I'll talk and you do your uh, internet sleuthing, which you should be better at because this you have a- way harder. You have a degree in it, so- I, now you you put me to the <laughs> test, sir. All right. We're still getting Randy on board. So we're back to the post-Scream Slasher, which is a decade late in uh, 2009, based on a movie from 1982, which here's the synopsis for the original film. After a seemingly innocent prank goes horribly wrong, a group of sorority sisters are stalked and murdered one by one in their sorority house while throwing a party to celebrate their graduation. Literally happens in this movie, too. So good job. It's not just like a a remake for no reason. It was just a little bit late. And again, we're going to get Randy on board here because that original, you're not the house on sorority row was based on diabolique from 1955. Yeah, there we go. So now that we got Randy invested, (laughs) we can, we can move forward. Um, This film sorority row is an hour and 40 minutes long. Uh, It's a little long for the type of film we're doing here too. And here's the thing. It's not a good movie. It is a fantastic genre film, though. And I, it was funny because Terrell saw it in the theater and had a lot of nostalgia. And, you know, when you have fun with the movie, it turns into like a a game that you play with it. And he was anticipating moments and having fun. And I was just trying to be like locked in. I'm like, I've never seen it before. So I'm trying to like learn the beats and, and I can enjoy it on round two, which I would definitely watch this movie again. This movie, it's kind of, uh, it's the perfect indicator that the subgenre needs to stop. This movie had money in it, and it was completely derivative. Every element Mm. of this movie was like a puzzle piece taken from another puzzle, put together, but they worked. They worked perfectly. Um, So we're post-Scream Slasher. So we're, we're rooted in realism. Yet we've got a little bit of that urban legend vibe going. Where it's like, maybe it's a ghost. But you know, as an audience member, if this was like 2000, you'd be like, it ain't a fucking ghost. We don't do that anymore. Uh, The killer, because there is a slasher who's dressed in like a fucking ghost face robe. He has a weapon that felt completely lifted out of Jeepers Creepers 2. Where um, the creeper would, you know, craft weapons out of his victims. And he had the like little like ninja stars. I mean, early cultural appropriation here. This motherfucker sick, though. Dude, this motherfucker used a tire iron. And it's like, you can't kill somebody like that with a tire iron. But he did. And he would throw it like a goddamn ninja star. And uh, as the evolution happens, because like in all like prom night style high school murder or like college, it doesn't matter. If you're in school and you do something bad, it's like, I know what you did last summer, where it's like, we never talk about this again. Then we come back and. uh, did you find the the haunted movie? Yeah, was it Scare Zone? Scare Zone. Oh, that, was yeah! a, that was a screener. Yeah, that was a screener. We don't own that. <laughs> yeah, we don't no, own that. I didn't say you owned it. Oh, okay. I thought I thought it came out of the app where you shake it and 
scares them. God, weren't we going to try and talk to them? That's it. We should have oh, whatever. I mean, it's probably five years ago now. Well, I also mm, don't. I, I may be wrong about this, uh-huh. but I think that guy was making faith films too. I mean, is that bad? No, I'm saying that's our new zone. Okay. Okay, cool. That's our new Q zone. I'm going to get back on it. Scare zone. Also, how the fuck did you find that? Yeah, good job. How did you find... I kickstarted my brain with some coffee, I guess. I was going through the, the dock, and I was like, I don't know what I'm looking for here. I was going through a letterbox, and I was like, I, there's no way I logged this, and then I looked through emails. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Good job. All right. Good um, job. What the fuck was I talking yeah, about? There's a movie called A Christmas Carol. <laughs> that's very good oh okay so scares all we're back on derivative so scream the look of the killer they're rooted in realism you know that's the whole post scream thing i know what you did last summer we literally get in a car drive somewhere do a terrible thing have the moment where they're all isolated from society and they have to make a pact like also the fucking prank i'll tell you it so the prank here was uh the vibe of these sorority girls is that they're mean girls and they're in charge. And I kind of miss hot. that. Yeah, they're all hot <laughs> in charge. So what they do is one of their sisters, uh, she's about to get boned. Hell but yeah. they have a camera in the room. Of course they do. And they're watching. They're making fun of her. In 2009? She's like, oh, she's just going to lay there? Is that how she does it? And so this guy that's going to do her thinks <sighs> he's giving her a, a roofie because oh. the sorority girls gave it to him. And they're like, hey, if you want to get her, we know how you could do it. This is convoluted. So she, see, it plays out very smoothly, though. Me yeah. running through it, it feels a little, like, murky. But Yeah, because, I mean, you know, people should just fuck. <laughs> well, she's passed Love out. is love, dude. And here's the thing. We're watching it on, like, a security cam. I think it's on a laptop. And the exposition is happening literally to another character. And she's like, wait, he's going to, isn't that your brother? And like, yeah, he's a fucking idiot. And they're like, we're just going to let this happen? And uh, almost on cue, the girl laying down starts choking on foam like she's got rabies. And the dude starts panicking. And he's like, what the fuck do I do? She's dead. And I roofied her. Was oh, that boy. a roofie? And they're like, what did you give him? And they're like, we think it was a roofie. Well, prank. She's not really dead. Oh, but they decide we need to see this thing through because that guy's a prick. So they load up the body in a car. And they're, the dude is crying. He's like, I'm going to call my mom. And they're just like laughing at him. They get out in the middle of nowhere uh, and they're going to dump the body. Actually, they're going to dismember the body with sharp rocks on the ground. But the body will hit the floor. The body will hit the floor. Um, so while they're all talking and the way it's honestly, this is how you make a, a movie. Visual storytelling. The way the mise-en-scene of the characters they spread out and are looking away from our pretend dead girl. And you just know, like, somebody should be watching because this guy's unhinged. He really thinks he's killed a girl and he just grabbed that tire iron. So he, <laughs> in, in a, to begin the process of dismembering this girl with sharp rocks, he finds a tire iron and plunges it through her heart like she's a vampire. Oh, boy. At which point she screams because she's not actually dead. So on the car right over here, all the girls were talking about how are they going to get away with this? Like, how are they going to hide her body? So he thought he was putting his tire iron through a dead body? Yeah, to like, <laughs> to dice her up or something. To get the air out of her lungs so she doesn't... That's right. One of the girls was like, if there's air in her lungs, we have to do so. So he tried to puncture her lungs with the tire iron. 
And uh, this was all effective. This The premise could not be stupider. The look of the movie feels very superficial. It opens up with a party scene, and we're doing a one-er. We're moving through the crowd. And it's it's everything's fine. It just feels like, God, I've seen this a million times already. But it's good. And I'm telling you right now, I, re- I, f- I felt it when he killed that girl. I was sitting there going, God, just fucking turn around and tell this idiot not to do it. So... He kills her, and they, they're like, well, we were talking about it anyway. I guess we're just really going to have to do it now. So they cover it up. Uh, jump to graduation time, and guess what? I think her ghost is around killing people. Of course. But we know it's a post-scream slasher, so it's probably not a ghost. And I, and I want to use this opportunity to remind everyone, to be nice to me, because <laughs> I promise you. If being a ghost is an option, <laughs> I'm coming back and haunting some people. Um, I'm going to enjoy my time. You'd be the most anxiety-ridden ghost ever. You'd walk around Wait, worrying. I, I'm a ghost. What have I got to worry about? You'd find something. Nah, nah, not a ghost life. Ghost life. <laughs> Nirvana. So the thing, the, here's, here's why Terrell has so much fun with these movies. Nobody in this audience is thinking it's a ghost. But guess what? Her sister who looks a lot like her just showed up for graduation because she's pledging to the sorority Mm -hmm. also a couple of them have a new boyfriend from out of town could it be the boyfriend also uh princess leia she's somebody of course give her the most shallow reason she could be the killer rest in peace this movie does not reinvent the wheel in fact there there was a parked car in an alley and they stole the wheel from it this film is not concerned with doing anything new it just wants to make some money. Unfortunately, they were a decade late, and which is probably why I never watched it. And on top of that, it's a remake title. So it's really like, man, it was a stretch. This was in the height of hating remakes, too. I'm going to go ahead and say um, Sorority Row is great, though. It's a, it's a beautiful genre film. Um, they, they not only do they hit every trope, but they do it lovingly. So, like, they're not reinventing the slasher dynamic, but they're making sure that he's got a unique weapon, which is why he has a knife fastened to two, to a what looks like the tip of a futuristic crossbow arrow. His, his faux tire iron is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Yeah. But they knew if we're going to make a post-scream slasher, he's got to have his own iconic weapon. So this is what the movie is concerned with. They do a good job. Also, there is a lot of uh, humor that you, you don't hear anymore. A lot of uh, attempted uh, roofings, a lot of uh, failed attempts at threesomes, a lot of fraternity and sorority stuff. It's a lot of fun. So do you not like the tire iron as a utility? I think it just looked fucking dumb. Tire irons, are, I mean, you know, you mess some people up. Yeah, but here, let me, I'm going to try and pull it up for you because I... I know what a tire iron looks like. But this isn't a tire iron. Despite my soft hands. (laughs) Yeah, I I can't imagine you under a car, even though I'm sure it's happened before. Yeah, when I was thinner. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is not a weight thing. Here, um, uh, I found a terrible example, but here's the weapon in the movie. That is not a tire iron. I know. The first time he killed somebody was with the tire iron. But now that she's he back fashioned from, a thing. Now that she's back from the grave, he's got to have a gimmick. Yeah, that sucks. Though. <laughs> I know, but that's why it's great. And that was my point. This movie is a bad movie, which is probably, I, you know, 
if I had a little bit more time, I would love to make a true and like well-researched timeline of this subgenre. And because I feel like this might have been the movie that fucking did it. It's like, we're done. There's no more money to be had here. And it was time to move on. I don't even know how you would operate a thing like that. Oh, you could watch it. He throws it like a fucking ninja star. Well, I mean, you got very few options there. There's uh, So here's the thing. That's a dumb weapon. A dude gets stuck trying to get down a garbage chute. So he's upside down in a wall. The The tire iron is thrown at the wall. Uh, the part that looks like a harpoon yeah. gun pierces the wall and it it barely misses him. It's Does like it? a little bit uh, too low. Does the harpoon detach? I don't know because it barely makes any screen time. It's a dumb fucking weapon. Very so stupid. what he does is the harpoon, again, he's upside down, right? Heads right here. The harpoon comes like maybe like six inches under his head. What the killer does is grabs the top because if you notice the ghost face uh, buck 120 is the uh, the next on the, the wheel of pain. He yeah. just turns the tire iron like, like you're opening a, a door in Resident Evil. And the blade just pierces through the drywall into the dude. It's one of the slowest, most thoughtfully stupid kills I've ever seen, which is why this movie's fantastic. Love it. Four and a half, maybe five if I saw it in a theater and it would just be like a nostalgia hit for me. But now I'm going to take this. We're going to pivot out of um, post-scream slasher subgenre. Thank God. And we're going to pivot into a new movie that I watched, uh, basically because I'm like, I got to talk about something new. So I did a quick Goog. I jumped on Goog and I'm like, what new horror has come out? I put a list together, got the trailers. Oksana, pick a trailer. She picked uh, To Be Original. To Be or Not To Be. Oh. Uh, called Cabin Girl. Um, Cabin Girl. Now. Is it anything like Tank Girl? No, not at all. <laughs> uh, Cabin Girl follows a 24-year-old Avarab. Ava Roberts Robbins. Okay. Oh boy. Hold on. Let's, you know, we got Welcome. off to a bad start. This road was a little bit more treacherous than I uh, anticipated. Cabin Girl follows a 24 year old Ava Robbins who moves. Ava. God. Let's go. Take, take three. Take three. Cabin Girl follows 24 year old Ava Robbins who moves into an isolated cabin for what seems as a dream. Oh my God. Take four. <laughs> But what seemed as a dream come true soon, too soon turns into a living nightmare when Ava's interest in the supernatural triggers a series of weird events. Oh, the the thing that I think caught Oksana's eye here. Not like Tank Girl. It's about, you know, they don't even mention it in here. She's a, uh, a van vlog, a van. What the fuck is it? Van life influencer. She's a oh, van yeah. life influencer. Hot. Much like our best friend, Tom Green. Uh, is that what he's doing now? Yeah, he's driving. What? I don't know. You I don't know keep that? up with Tom. What the fuck is wrong with you? Because, because he's Canadian, huh? You hate Canadians? No, because I don't like what he did with uh, Glenn Hubble. What he he killed him? Yeah, and the whole town covered it up. <laughs> exactly. Well, they'll dig up the body one day. Um. Yeah. So she drives around and documents it, and they do a little uh, montage. The yada, yada, yada over the whole struggle of becoming famous, which I appreciated. Although, did have a little problem here. One, I was hoping it would be in-world camera, but I think immediately we open up in a traditional like horror thing. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll uh, settle for hybrid. But the thing that just kept fucking punching me in the throat that I couldn't get by 
is it wasn't fucking YouTube. They did their own thing. Yeah. And I'm like, what it would it like I'm gonna need to talk a little bit about the geography of this website because it's it is clearly YouTube. But it looks like YouTube from like the beginning. Like everything is a hard edge, everything's that gray nineties tone. Yeah. And then there's another thing that Oksana pointed out, and I couldn't unhear it. Every time she would make a video, she'd be like, Oh, I'm live with my followers. I love my followers. And it's like, but you're live and what is showing is edited. Like, it's like highly, like if she, Mm. so at one point she talks about a murder in this town, which honestly she thinks the town is covering up. Oh God. It's so weird how that happens. What a theme on the show. Yeah. So apparently the girl jumped off a bridge and died, but she is building. On purpose? Yeah. On purpose. Okay. She left a, uh, she was part of an elite family and. Well, she should have had a uh, parachute like Tom Cruise. She was Wiccan, you see. So. Ah, yes. The, the story is she jumped, but it's starting to look like she was pushed. Running with the devil. And she thinks the town covered it up. Of course they did. Um, a bunch of snakes. Well, here's the thing. When she's talking about this girl, it cuts to like newspaper articles and like past. And it's like, well, how are you live editing that on your phone while you're walking down the road? Also, she's 24. You can't trust <laughs> a 24 year old. She, you know, here's the thing. That poster too is. It's signaling to a different subgenre. When I saw Cabin Girl and a, about a van influencer who buys a cabin and changes it up, I, in my head, was Apartment thinking- Apartment trilogy. I was thinking A24, an isolated thing where there's a girl alone. We get a lot of like vibe filmography, like long shots, kind of slow cinema. Yeah, you want a Polanski. And you juxtapose it against in-world camera shit. That is not what this movie is at all. It's directed like a fucking made-for-TV movie. Love it. And I'm like, this Tubi, you need to fucking realize what an in-world camera film is and get the vibe down because there are people hungry for it and they go to your platform for it and you never deliver, which was fine. The lead actress is really good. Um, The YouTube thing is obnoxious, but I, I have to say, I wish they had more of it in there. By the third act, it's almost an afterthought. And there really was a good opportunity here to like explore the parasocial relationship because there's a stalker. You know, this movie's Oksana was said she's going to give it a two and a half, and I was kind of shocked. Oh yeah, because I was thinking like three, three and a half, which I don't even know if I really would stand by that because the main problem with this movie is it's kind of fucking boring. But in the third act, this movie is so against its genre type. That it, it, it interests me. Like it's almost doing a bait and switch. But the only victim here of it is people who came to the movie to watch the film that they're pretending to make. Yeah. And, but I also have to note that the choices that they make in this film, as far as script, they are interesting. So I'm trapped. I don't know. I think I have to give it three and a half because I'll remember this movie just for the third act, really. And the lead girl, she's really good in it. What's her name? Um, uh, what the fuck is her name? Rose Lane San Filippo. Thank you. Yeah, she was good in it. Um, and she's playing with a lot of. She's playing against a lot of pretty people who don't have a. Oh, Rispoli's in here. Oh, you know somebody? Oh, Mike, yeah, yeah, Michael Rispoli, yeah. that guy. He's just not in, a lot in here of it. too. From uh, Teeth and the Death of Dick Long. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Rexler was the only name that we noted in the beginning. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe there's a little bit of production in here. This movie is fine as far as craft. It's just not good. Yeah. Um, 
Again, so yeah, I got a couple of movies that I think if you're a fan of genre, check it out. But here's the thing. If you watch a movie like Strays, which is a cat horror movie. Not the Will Ferrell dog book. No, no, no. Although I would watch that too. That comedy looked like it would actually be funny. I think it's coming out soon. Um, Strays is a haunted house film that respects all of the tropes of that sub subgenre, except it just trades out ghosts for a bunch of feral cats. Nice. Yeah. That's also a good movie. This movie claims to be a, uh, I don't know if I want to, I don't know why I'm not spoiling this movie, but I'm not. If you're interested in a, uh, in a van lifer van, what the fuck is it? Oksana? <laughs> van life influencer, van life influencer turned cabin life influencer. Uh, check it out. Except uh, Terrell, I'll warn you, there's a mouse in this movie. There's a mouse in this house. And there is, there is a little paranormal activity. Oh, but probably not what you think. Mika. So, uh, y'all were hot for a minute, uh, recommending me movies. And I think Robbie, um, shout out to our good friend, Mr. Robbie Smith, who recommended to me the movie that has everybody questioning my sexuality, as I apparently excitedly talked about Bottom, which uh, shout out to Rich, a loyal listener, for finding it on Vimeo. I guess I didn't have to go to the dark web. (laughs) I'll delete the Tor browser now. I mean, did you even try you know, here's the thing. I tried Vimeo. I'm working on a little project and I went to Vimeo a lot and it let me down a lot. So it kind of had kinda, a rich find. Also, I own stock in one company. It's Vimeo. And yeah. they let me down a lot. Is <laughs> a key shareholder. Is chairman of the board. You let him down. Also, Vimeo. I, you know, I shouldn't even have mentioned that because we have a former guest on here who fucking avidly hates Vimeo. And when he was on here talking about it, I agreed with everything he said. And I was like, oh, my God, I should cash out my share of Vimeo. Okay, well, don't drop their name. Why? They're totally right. I think it was one of your boys, too. You had man crush on him. I'll leave it at that. Loyal listeners. I have had, like, three man crushes on this show. A dozen. Not a dozen. (laughs) A dirty dozen. Uh, And everybody's like, oh, you you, you like bottoms too much. Dean Aliato. (laughs) (laughs) Mickey Race. And those two. Okay. You could keep the other ones hidden. Who? No, I'm not telling no, you. No, name it now. You can name it. Oh, I can? Yeah. I think it was Riley Stern. Also that one. Yeah. You're yeah, thinking about it? <laughs> yeah, there's probably some more. Wait, no, I don't think it was. No, Riley. No. Oh, fuck. It was the episode before Riley. Not that this is super important. Who's our homie that did fucking? It's a movie you played it off. Uh, he, he stopped talking to us after his A twenty four hit. Marcel the Shell came out. Oh yeah, Dean. Dean. Yep. The other Dean. I like Deans. Yeah. What is that? Was your uncle named Dean or something? Whoa, Randy, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Dean Flesher Camp. Fleischer. Dean Fleischer Camp. Randy, cut Flesher? that out. <laughs> Dude, I'm off the rails. We've been recording like eight hours today. That's true. Yeah, I know. It's time to go. Uh, We've had a long day. We had an in-studio guest. That episode will be for you on Thursday. What a day it will be. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Randy, anything to leave our listeners with? 
Yeah, just a big week coming up this weekend. We got Barbie, we got Oppenheimer. I'm going to see both back to back and we're going to talk about it on Tuesday. And if you're like me, which means you have impeccable taste in film and you're not going to be caught up in this fucking red versus blue Barbie versus Oppenheimer bullshit, you're going to go see Cobwebs. Hey, poor K. Nolo's dose, dude. Why not both? (laughs) What is is Cobwebs? (laughs) That's why I'm pumped for it. Uh, And also a movie that might not even be playing out here. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.